Hi everybody, I'm Jim Ford. I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 42. The Meaning of Life. Yeah. I, you're, you're probably going to be questioning the meaning of life after this one. <laughs> um, so, we're, so we're cleaning house tonight. We're doing Blackest Night number 66. Or, wait, what are we doing? We're doing Superman, Batman, issues 66 and 67, Power Shazam 48, Weird Western Tales 71, Catwoman 83, uh, Suicide Squad 67. Other than the Superman, Batman issues, these are most of, or half of, I don't know, the the resurrected titles, the, the books that got canceled years ago and DC brought back for Blackest Night for an issue. Yes. Yes, before we go into all of our books that we have to review, yeah, that's like six books tonight. That's uh, that's a biggie. Yeah, yeah. And and who's going to have their name attached to this, Jim? <laughs> our sponsor, uh, a, a Robo Silver. Oh, God. Um, okay, <laughs> first off, we should just say we are sorry, Aroba Silver, for attaching you to this episode. But it, it's going to be an entertaining one. So, so Aroba Silver... People, if if you've been listening to the past episodes, you know you know how we feel about Robo Silver. I haven't mentioned it in a couple of episodes, but these are silver rings, like really nice silver rings and other silver jewelry that's actually licensed by DC. So they you know they actually have a license to make Green Lantern silver jewelry, and they make some some really really nice rings. They they even have the Green Lantern cufflinks, which are very nice. You have all sorts of different designs. Hal Jordan, they have the Alan Scott classic silver ring. Gotta love that one. You have Kyle Rayner rings. It's fantastic. There's so many different options. You go there, you check it out, you see all the silver rings that they have, arobasilver.com. And if you see something that you like, which no doubt you will, to make it a little easier on the pocketbook, we have a discount code, which is... DSC10, you type in that discount code, you get 10% off. So, I mean, right there, you're taking an amazing product, a, a really, really nice-looking Green Lantern ring. You know, it's it's a lot nicer than the, the plastic rings that DC's been giving away. You go there, you get, like, a nice, you know, a classy silver Green Lantern ring. Save yourself some money. Check it out, people. I mean... This is something that, that we really, really love. And they're sponsoring a, a contest that we're having. The, was it, what are we calling it? The Valentine's Day Lantern Cast Contest? I'm sure you gave it some name that's terrible. But we're, we're <laughs> giving away a free ring. Yes, thanks to Aroba Silver. So definitely check them out. And if you order anything, like let them know that uh, you heard about them from the Lantern Cast. That'll help us out, too. Yeah, tell them the lantern cast sent you. <laughs> yes, and now, without further ado, Superman, Batman. Can't there be some more ado? <laughs> no more ado. No more ado. We've run out of ado. Oh. <laughs> Superman, Batman, sixty-six and sixty-seven. Take it away, Dan. All right. So, this is spinning out of the Solomon Grundy miniseries that you know, appropriately, was also written and drawn by Scott Collins, who did these two issues. So, basically, Grundy's dead, which, you know, happens. 
and Blackwing finds him in Slaughter Swamp outside of Gotham, and it brings him back as a Black Lantern. So you got Black Lantern, Solomon Grundy, he rises. Meanwhile, you've got the Man-Bat, who is, like, he's a scientist who he was trying to cure, I guess, deafness, and it worked, but he experimented on himself, turned him into a bat monster, which makes sense. And and he's he's going around being like a big bat mutant creature. His wife is also a scientist. She's trying to figure out how to cure him, and you know she eventually does. But you know, you know there's there's all this crazy crap going on. Like Bizarro, he's just kind of wandering around the streets of Vice. I I assume this is Gotham City. I don't think they say it, but there's Manbat in it, and it was next to the swamp Grundy was in, so it's gotta be Gotham. So Bizarro is just wandering around the streets of Gotham City looking for a friend, and <laughs> Grundy show, and then Grundy shows up, and very effectively starts harvesting Bizarro's heart when Manbat starts freaking out, and then Frankenstein shows up, and Bizarro. <laughs> And Grundy kills Frankenstein, and but he's okay. He has two hearts. I don't know why. And then Bizarro is like, oh, Bride of Frankenstein, who's also there, by the way. She's sad like <laughs> Lois, or happy like Lois. I, it's hard to tell with him sometimes. So he does what any rational person would do, and he picks up Grundy throws him into the sun, presumably killing Grundy. I don't know. I mean, I gotta think of Dr. Light can sever a connection. The sun can sever a connection. <laughs> um, and then everybody just kind of goes home, and Man-Bat flies away, and it's over. <laughs> so, so you know, you want to know what my biggest problem with this was? Okay. There was absolutely no reason to have anything related to Man-Bat in this. Like, yes. if they took the, if they took the Bizarro stuff from the first issue and the Bar- Bizarro stuff from the second issue and just put it into one issue, we could have had, like, a one-shot that dealt with Blackest <laughs> Night. It, it was just so, like, like, like you have Bizarro, because... I was figuring, because, I mean, okay, it looked like they were telegraphing the whole Kurt, who I think is Manbat's name, you can take this cure and be cured forever, or you can help Bizarro as Manbat and stop Solomon Grundy, and he would make the choice, I have to stop Grundy, blah, at the, at the cost of himself or whatever. But it, it doesn't. The, the two storylines really never intera- intersect at all. <laughs> Like, like there, you would think like at least something would happen to the scientist's wife that would spurn Bizarro into action to to take out to take out Grundy, but it's not even that. It's Frankenstein's wife, so it's like there's absolutely no reason other than the fact that this is Superman, Batman. There's absolutely no reason to have Man Bat even be there. <laughs> well. The, the the ricochet bullets off of Bizarro ended up injuring Mambat's wife and a Francine Langstrom, and that makes Kurt Langstrom Manbat really angry. Yeah. So. And then he yeah, flies it, away. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I read these two issues, and I like the Scott Collins artwork. You know, it. 
it, it's it's more of the the Grundy series that I loved, and the Bizarro and you know Grundy stuff that that was great. Yeah, like if that if they had condensed that into a one shot, like you said, it would have been a really good issue. Now, but the whole point of the the whole Man Bat thing was completely pointless, and. It was a fairly derivative, you know, kind of story. Oh, we, we finally come up with a cure for Man-Bat. But if you don't take this, then you'll be Man-Bat forever. Now, come on. We know he's not going to be Man-Bat forever. They're, they'll figure out another way. They've done this, like, this is the same story that we've read with Man-Bat time and time and time again for Infinity. This is the only story I've ever seen with Man-Bat. Like, my introduction with, to Man-Bat was the, the animated series where they did this story. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah like and i mean like they're i all right, all right you can argue he's kind of a low-tier villain so maybe they'll get rid of him but then you pull back and you say you know what for all of like like look at that look back at blackest night batman that miniseries look at all the no-name villains they brought back in that that nobody's ever heard of before if they're going to take a batman villain off the table it's going to be one of them it's not going to be one that people actually know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very true. I mean, really, I, I enjoy the Bizarro, you know, the Bizarro aspect of the story. You know, I, I find that, that that's fun for me. One of the really cool scenes was where Salomon Grundy is looking at Bizarro, and, like, the ring says rage, but Bizarro is showing up violet. Yeah, he's yelling, me love you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that was priceless. <laughs> yeah, I love how Bizarro is so messed up. The ring doesn't know what the hell to think because, <laughs> yeah. like the page before, it's like Ray, uh, no, La, no, compassion, uh, Everett, no. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, and I like I like the page before that where Bizarro realizes it's Grundy and he's like Solomon Grundy and gives him a big old hug because it's like yeah, it's it's just. It's just nice. Like, those two panels, it's just like, okay, Bizarro's just, like, the guy, he just wants a friend, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you feel really bad for, for, for Bizarro. You you really do wish that he had a friend. Yeah. I like how he he kind of adopted Man-Bat as, like, one of his, as his, like, super pet. Yes. <laughs> Me save you! <laughs> oh. I still, I have yet to find a really good, you like, a really good take on Bizarro dialogue. Because it seems like, I mean, inconsistency is probably part of the point, but yeah, it always, it, yeah. it bugs me. Like, like, when he's talking about the TVs, he's like, Warebox unfriends. Okay. So, like, he's looking for friends. So, if he said, enemies it'll clearly mean friends but he's saying unfriends <laughs> to i guess mean friends i don't i don't know <laughs> you just have to accept it because it's bizarro <laughs> yeah and <laughs> and you you said you like the artwork right yeah yeah definitely i felt like all right now granted i only read what issue four of the miniseries the grundy thing with alan scott's battery on the cover being crushed was it four or three i, I don't know but i ordered Either the way. trade base on that because i really liked it right. i felt like this was a step down like art wise it just didn't look as good to me 
don't know if it was messier or what. Actually, I think it actually looks a little more refined, if anything. And that might hmm. be the the issue. Because the Solomon Grundy thing was so... It was so rough. You know, like it was supposed to be like a horror story. And this this isn't so much like, you know, like that. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe I just like his stuff better when it's, like, rougher, which... Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm glad Frankenstein's okay. Aren't you glad Frankenstein's okay? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like, that was that was one of the few things that I really wasn't that big on with the uh, the series, the Solomon Grundy series. Like, I don't care about Frankenstein at all, at all. They, they keep they, they keep trying to prop him up to like be this character that's supposed to be, you know, big in the DCU. And there's like. I don't know if there's anything that they can do to make me like Frankenstein, because he's just so boring. I haven't read it, but, like, apparently Grant Morrison's Seven Soldiers with him in it was great. And I don't think, like... I think that's basically the only time they've used him. So, like, I don't know. Maybe trying to recapture the Morrison. Uh, he's popped up here and there. Holy shit, his wife has four arms. I just saw this. <laughs> yeah, I just realized that, too. Weird. <laughs> well, look, he has he has two hearts. Oh yeah. I guess the second to last page, where the right under where Bride of Frankenstein is uh, carrying Frankenstein and he's leaning on her. Yeah. Like right under that, the the you know the two panels down there. Mm. The word balloon is like pointing at like a soldier. Yeah. And it's it's clearly, like, Frankenstein's wording. Well, he's using his super ventriloquism, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, what, do, what do you think of uh, Grundy and the Sun? I'm cool with it. <laughs> well, no, I'm, the only thing that I'm thinking is, like, okay, he's Solomon Grundy. He always comes back. But if he got thrown into the sun then conceivably it's so hot that it would, like, melt away all organic matter, you know, completely, so that there mm. should be nothing left for him to come back from. Eh, maybe the swamp will grow a new one. I don't know. Oh, wait, yeah, I just realized, I just realized, the time where they cut off his arm. Oh, uh, there's still, like, some grundy down there, isn't there? Mm. Okay. You grow back from it. Or, or hell, maybe... <laughs> They won't do this. Maybe he'll, like, he'll be one of the characters, I guess, resurrected at the end of Blackest Night, and then he'll, like, die again and start rising again. Yeah, probably. I mean, they're not going to let Grundy go any more than they would let Mandat go. <laughs> you would think. They won't. Yeah, so general consensus, like, dislike... I did not like this. No one buy it. If you bought this, sell it to someone unsuspecting. <laughs> I enjoyed it. When you compare it to the rest of the things that we're about to review, I love this. <laughs> you know, I was sitting there, I was thinking today, I was trying to figure out which of these I liked the most, and I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hands down, Superman, Batman. It's, it's, yeah, I would say it's not, it's not as enjoyable as the Grundy miniseries, because that was just a lot of fun. But, no, it was nice, it was, it was a good story, uh, you know. 
good for what it was. Mm. Next. We'll see what, like, by the end. Yeah, next, you're up. Okay. Power of Shazam number 48. Continuing the series, Power of Shazam. Ooh. In this issue, Osiris returns to the Black Lantern. He seeks out Black Adam and Isis and uh, eventually realizes that they are both dead. And at that moment, Sobek returns from the dead as a Black Lantern. Sobek was the giant crocodile that ate Osiris, you know, and then killed him back in 52. Actually, Sobek was also one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah, I think he was famine. Yeah, the the dudes on Oolong Island made him. Yes, yes, they made him. Right. So... Now, Sobek is a Black Lantern, and Osiris is a Black Lantern, and they fight. And they're fighting and fighting and fighting, until finally Osiris uh, calls down the lightning by saying the name Black Adam. And uh, it brings down the lightning, and it kills Sobek and Osiris. And that's it. That's the story. The problem I had with this one... (laughs) God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try not to lead off everything with that, but the problem I have with this one, like, <laughs> like, like, okay, I get, like, like their justification for why the ring wasn't, like, in control of Osiris, because Osiris was, like, he was still himself, but yet animated by a black ring. So, like, the reason they gave was, like, when he died, he died as a mortal, so without his powers... So what the explanation they give is that Black Adam gave that power back before they buried him so that, you know, he would enter the afterlife as, what was it, nobility or whatever, and he would have better standing among the dead and that all that. He, he was trying to do something nice for the kid. Right? Right. And they're saying, like, okay, it was the magic in him that the ring really couldn't wrap itself around. Okay, so, all right, that's fine. That's all well and good. <laughs> Until you remember that in, uh, I want to say, a second or third issue of Blackest Night itself, they come right out and say, you know what, Mag- magic is kind of a joke to these things. And then it promptly takes the specter. So there's yes. no, there's nothing in this kid that should be able to resist a Black Lantern ring. So, you know, I think this was another one of those where... Um, you know, the lines of communication were crossed a little bit between the writer and the editors and whatever, but, but like, at its very core, this story doesn't work. Just for yes. that fact. And it sounds like, it's, it's gonna sound like I'm being harsh, but I'm, you know, it matters. No, yeah. It's, it's, it's even worse than that. Like, you're, 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 you're putting it politely. You're, you're being nice about it. Oh, by all means, go. <laughs> okay. Now, Yes, the, the the sheer concept of a black ring is it downloads the person's personality and it wears the the body as like a suit and it talks through the body, you know, but it's all, you know, the black lantern programming. So there there is no way that his body is magically like preventing the black lantern ring from taking over because there's nothing to take over. It's the Black Lantern ring that's doing all the talking. So, okay, the the sheer concept is flawed for this issue, like, just to start out with. But on top of that, it's even worse because what's the point of bringing Osiris back? 
you only bring back a Black Lantern because you want to use him against people that are living. He comes back to life, and he immediately goes after dead people. You know, <laughs> it's like, you, you, you missed the whole point. And then... Same with Sobek. Like, the only person that would care about him is Osiris. Right, right. Like, okay, well, the other thing is, Sobek was, like, he's a, a creation of the people on Oolong Island. So, I mean, like, really, bringing him back, is that even an option? You know, he's like, he's more, he was like slightly more than a, an advanced robot. Was he a robot? Well, he wasn't a robot, but he was one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They created him. I think he was alive, though. Like, like they genetically engineered him or something. Possibly. But even then, yeah, he comes back and his entire goal is to get Osiris. You know, it's like you, you have two Black Lanterns going after each other. That's counterproductive. Yeah, it's a waste of resources. If if Necron saw this, he'd just be like, okay, I'm just going to take the ring away from Osiris, and, you know, <laughs> bam, he's dead. That makes It makes me think of, like, remember the original Necron story where he says, like, Krona, I want to rule the universe. Go buy me some time. And Krona buys him time by trying to blow up the entire universe. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're defeating your own goal here. Like, I don't know. And the lightning bolt at the end, this is so overused in everything. Like every now and then they'll, they'll, ha- they'll have a moment where it really fits and it's really awesome. But for the, <laughs> but for the most part, the member of the Marvel family stopping the conflict by calling down a gigantic bolt of magic lightning and letting it hit themselves or someone else or whatever, it's like, it, it feels like the equivalent of, like, the bat anti-shark spray at this point. It's like, it's, it's just like, there's nothing good about it anymore. It's just, it's just you, ex- you expect it to happen, you know? You laugh about uh, it, and it's just, uh, it happens, and then it's just gone, and it's lame. Oh. Uh, the, the other thing that was just absolutely lovely about this issue, Osiris apparently shows emotions as a Black Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man! You, you know, you can file this away firmly under its magic. We don't have to explain it. Yeah, which leads back to my original problem that they already debunked that right away in Black as Night. So it's like, yeah. Oh. And you know what really just made no sense to me whatsoever? They had like one page of Billy and Mary. Of you know Captain Marvel and Mary Marvel, <laughs> just kind of, just kind of hanging out in some apartment, watching a YouTube clip <laughs> of Osiris. Uh, like why why wasn't anyone coming after them? Like like all right, I'm not up on JSA or where I th- I think one of John's last arcs before leaving the book was devoted to the Marvel family, where like I guess Billy and Mary lost their powers and. Where, like, Black Adam and Isis turned to stone. That's where all that happened. I don't know. I haven't read it yet. But, I mean, you would think they would try and build some drama. Like, have, like, Osiris or Sobek or somebody. Have have some sort of powered Black Lantern associated with the Marvel family be hunting down these two powerless members of the Marvel family or something. Like, I don't know. Like, they should have just taken this page out. 
Or how come Isis and Black Adam didn't get revived? I don't know. Are they even dead? Because I, I took it to mean like those two were just petrified as rock, like somebody turned them to stone or something. But you would think that they'd be dead then. Eh. <laughs> magic stone. <laughs> yeah, magic stone. I actually don't know why it's like that. Or, you know what? They still have another freaking... They have Freddy. They have Freddy, who's running around as Captain Marvel right now. He's over in, like, like Scream for Justice or whatever the hell that thing's called. Why wasn't he involved in this? Why wasn't anybody coming after him? Yeah. Or, if they really wanted to, like, it, you know, something that might actually have made sense is if they somehow brought back Osiris before this, and then he could deal with the Black Lantern, Sobek, and the Black Lantern of that dude that he ended up killing. Which, oh yeah, the guy... Yeah, they even they even make a point of showing that Osiris murdered someone, like, in this issue. Yeah. Uh. Yep. Is that Frankenstein? Where? On, like, the recap page with the Teen Titans. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe that's Kid Frankenstein. What the hell? Why is there a Frankenstein in every one of these books so far? <laughs> I guess they think... Frankenstein equals scary monster. Uh, he's wearing a white shawl. That's not scary. I don't know. Okay, so are are we done with this? Yeah, I, I gotta tell you, I like I like the cover. I really like the cover. It's a nice cover. Yeah. And I this is the one. This is one of two. I'll tell you right now. This is one of two that I was most looking forward to because I really like I love the Marvel family of characters. You know, the Shazam people. I really like them. So I'm like, okay, Shazam issue? I'll yeah. read that. That'll be awesome. <laughs> we'll get to the other one. Oh, boy. Um, Great cover, though. Yeah. Great cover. Well, I love the cover. I, I actually... I didn't have a problem with the uh, the pencils inside. Don Kramer? I thought it looked a little off sometimes, but... I mean, it did, it did do a good job of setting the mood... And when yeah. you did have something bright like the lightning, it really did stand out. So it definitely... This is no Nerefino on Wonder Woman Blackest Night number two or anything, oh, but no. you know this was this was a real. It was still a really good job visually. Yeah, and like you said, the cover is beautiful. Yeah. <sighs> so the general consensus on Power of Shazam. It's a really nice cover. <laughs> Sucked. The issue sucked. Yeah. Nice cover, though. Nice cover. <laughs> okay. Now, now, Weird Western Tales, number 71. Okay. Oh, wow, I just realized Dan DiDio wrote this. <laughs> oh, God! Oh, God. So, folks, you can... You can use this as a gauge for how his Outsiders run will go. <laughs> oh, boy. You know what? I was looking for the, the list of people who worked on this, and my eyes <laughs> went directly to Jonah Hex, Scalp Hunter, Super Chief. I'm like, oh, hey, look. Fire hair is a letterer now. Oh, look at that. Nate <laughs> oh, um, is going to have some competition with Super Chief. Yeah. <laughs> or none. <laughs> yeah, no. 
This starts out with... I'll be honest with you, I don't know what this guy's name is. <laughs> His last name is Turnbull. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. So No, no, not at all. This cowboy named Turnbull, he is, you know, he's having a solemn moment. He's visiting the grave of his, of his, you know, dead relative when his cell phone goes off, which, you know, kind of shocks you out of the Western thing back to present day. <laughs> Turns out he is part of this, like, super high-tech, I think not government, quasi-military research, not institution, like, like, lab, I guess, like, base. They built this giant, giant high-tech laboratory base underneath an abandoned town of, oh, what is it called? It's called Illumination, appropriately enough. It is, <laughs> you know, nobody lives there. It's a dead town, hint, hint. Uh, he gets paged back to the secret underground base by his assistant, who dresses like a nurse, and he hates her. <laughs> and we get to see he was called in by Simon Stagg, which, if memory serves, is the, the uh, I guess, main foil to Metamorpho. You know, his me- Metamorpho always wanted to marry his daughter or something. Turns out, him and the Ray, for some reason, managed to capture a Black Lantern ring. Which, you know, it's not just a Black Lantern ring, it's the Black Lantern ring that tried and failed to raise Don Hall, Hawk. So, so you know, their big claim to fame now is that they 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 picked up a ring that was lying on the ground, lifeless. So, you know, good on them. <laughs> uh, the Ray loads up the ring into, like, this, like, stasis chamber. He fills it with light, possibly solid light, because that's awesome. And they're trying to run all sorts of... <laughs> They're trying to run all sorts of tests because one, like, what their big goal here is to come up with alternative energy sources and presumably do morally questionable things with it. And they figure, you know what, this, these rings are raising the dead. That has got to be an awesome power source. So they figured nothing could go wrong if they try and exploit it. Then Stag, kind of seeing the writing on the wall, just. This is my favorite part of the issue. He's like, yeah, you guys, you guys run your test. Yeah, you do that. I'm going to go into my, you know, hidden bunker that's deeper in the base. And he just winks at the reader. (laughs) 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 This is where, like, this is where, like, the sitcom audience would go, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Then, out of nowhere and completely unexpected... A gigantic army of Black Lantern, like, cowboys and Indians break through their underground base wall, even though it's underground. And we know this because as we see the base wall being broken through, one of the guys inside says, Oh lord, the wall exploded. (laughs) The Ray, he starts fighting off Black Lanterns. That's going adequately. We get some more atrocious dialogue. (laughs) <laughs> the eventually they take out the ray he bought he buys everybody else just enough time to get out before he like he you know you would think yeah, like he self-destructs but i think he's fine which you know i like the ray that's good um the dude from the beginning his whose last name was turnbuckle, turnbuckle. or something turnbull, turnbull. yeah 
him and his assistant nurse person that he hates escape to their like their secret elevator and for no reason at all he throws her out of the elevator to escape by himself <laughs> <laughs> then he gets to the surface grabs a rocket launcher that's just kind of sitting around on the ground and is immediately <laughs> confronted by Black Lantern Jonah Hex, who smokes. And <laughs> so he fires his rocket at Jonah Hex, blows him and like a, a sheriff's department up, which has got to be a fine. And you know he's he's going on on about how like I finally I'm finally free because I guess Jonah Hex is the one that killed his ancestor or whatever. You know I finally I I beat you. I'm I'm gonna take this ring because he's still got the ring. I'm gonna take this ring. I'm gonna unlock his secrets, and we'll finally be able to like give my family the fame and notoriety and the glory it deserves. Then Jonah Hex gets up and shoots him in the knee, and then his ancestor shows up and base teams up with Jonah Hex to kill the hell out of him, and <laughs> that's that's where it ends. Yeah. I think this was actually one of the better issues of the yeah, episode. Yeah, I will... I'll, I'll agree. I didn't like it more than I liked the Superman-Batman. But out of all of the, you know, these resurrected titles that we're discussing tonight, this was the best of them. Yeah, the art was really good. I'm, I'm a little confused as to why the Ray all of a sudden, like, out of nowhere... His powers stop being yellow, which, you know, he produces yellow light. That's his always been his thing. And it starts being white. But it's not like white light, like severing connections white light or anything. So it's just like, it just started being white for no reason. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really have a problem with that. Honestly, my biggest problem with the issue was the dialogue. It was like, a lot of it was just really unnecessary. Like I pointed out earlier... When you have a shot of Black Lanterns bursting through your wall, and you can see it very plainly, like, that's the focus of the page, you don't need a character screaming out, Oh my god, Black Lanterns just burst through our wall. I don't know if maybe that's supposed to be, like, some sort of homage to the way that the old series used to go. Meh. You know? Because, like, the dialogue was very much like that. You know, you'd show it and you'd say it at the same time to make sure people understood what happened. Yeah, I guess. And, like, from that point, like, almost the entire fight scene after that is like that, where, like, the entire next page is people talking for the sake of talking, yeah. you know? Yeah, And is this really the second Blackest Night tie-in thing where we have to see the, tri the Trigger twins? <laughs> oh, they were in... They were in Batman also? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I have no idea who this Simon Stagg is. I, I didn't really know who anybody was in this except for the Ray. Yeah. Which, you know, I like the Ray. Yeah. I remember Super Chief from 52. Oh, yeah, yeah. I probably remembered more dead people than I actually remembered alive. But, yeah, I'm talking about, the, like, the, the alive people. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's certain things about this, like, with the gravesite. You know, he goes and he's visiting his great-great-grandfather's gravestone. But all the other graves, like, you know, they have writing on them, but it's, like, deliberately, like, gibberish writing so that it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, what's the point of that? 
And why not have it be like some of the characters that you bring back a few pages later and call by name? Exactly. Like Scalp Hunter. It, that gives it a little more credibility, or it's like a nice little Easter egg. I did like the first two pages of this. Like, I felt, like, everything up through him riding back to town. Like, I liked the first page. Artistically, it looks really great, other than the gravestone names. I really like how the plants are rendered and all that. The lighting's great. And I, I even appreciated the whole, like, shock back to reality of, like, okay, this is... Like, if you just read the first page, that could be taking place in the Old West. And then a cell phone goes off that kind of, like, shocks you into, okay, this is when this takes place, you know? And I'm in a weird place with this, because, all right, I, I generally just do not like Westerns. I just don't, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just don't appreciate them. I can't get into them. You know, for me, like, a gunfight is more interesting when there's laser beams than when there's bullets. So you would think that I would like it that they gave this whole, like, science fiction-y, high-tech turn. Right. But then it's... I don't, it just felt wrong, you know? It just felt really off. Like, yeah. like, it's not really a Western comic, and it's not really a science fiction comic. Yeah. And, I mean, they, they, they were probably deliberately trying to play on the whole, you know, old versus new... Dead cowboys and Indians versus high tech facility and superheroes with light beams and all that, but it didn't really come through very well. I don't know. I I almost wish this was more of a straight up western book. Yeah. One thing that that I think is like really weird with this, when all of the you know the dead you know Black Lantern characters break through the wall where the wall exploded. Hmm. If, if In case you didn't see where the wall exploded, you know, the character also yells out that the wall exploded. That panel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that one right there. Oh, the one where the wall exploded. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You, you know, you can see, you know, the, the was it, the croom. Oh, that's a really weird noise. Okay, croom. I don't think that's what the wall exploding sounds like. <laughs> I, I guess. Um, there's an awful lot of light behind them. Yeah, they're underground, aren't they? Not only are they underground, but it's like, it was a pretty overcast day, I think. Yeah, like, the skies are black. Yeah, he even says, like, on the second page, uh, I pretty much, uh, don't tell me something's wrong, I pretty much sense that when the sky turned midnight at one this afternoon. So it's like the middle of the day. Right. So, I don't understand why there's light. I don't understand why they were able to just make the wall explode. I mean, none of them has any thing that would make something explode. Hmm. And the, and we have a Black Lantern eating a heart like an apple again, which I'm... Eh. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of like that, that part. Your friend showed much bravery. It will be my honor to eat his heart. I actually like that part. Well, yeah, but I am... You can say that and then, but not be physically eating the heart. Uh, I don't know. I was glad to see the ray. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, I'm very curious as to what's going to happen after this. Mm. Since they took the ring, then you would think that he's no longer the target. But I don't know. Who, who knows? Did his? I don't know. She didn't make it. I was, I was, for a second, I was hoping that What's-Her-Face 
that dressed like a nurse who he hates made it, but I forgot she died. Yeah. Batlash. Yeah, Batlash comes on for one panel. Yeah. And then... I don't know, I, I was kind of thinking that maybe he'd, like, you know, put the ring on in order to uh, try and do something. I don't know. Eh. Uh, I don't know. This one was very just kind of, like, meh to me. I like the horse on the cover. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice looking cover. Well, I wouldn't say that. I think the horse looks good. I, I think it's a nice looking cover. I, I do like the cover. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very, you know, oh, it's just an okay issue, but it's definitely one of the best out of the uh out of the rest. It's the shiniest turd. <laughs> okay. Now we have Catwoman, which I'll start off by saying that this has a very nice cover. Yes. Yes it does. Okay. In Catwoman number 83, we have the Black Mask, the one person that Catwoman has killed. He comes back as a Black Lantern. They're fighting, and Catwoman is uh, very, you know, she's strong-willed against him. She's showing a great deal of willpower. But he doesn't, he doesn't want that, apparently. He wants her to be scared. So he goes to find her sister in the loony bin, to torture her to get a stronger, you know, reaction. Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, they come to help Catwoman, you know, at the uh, the insane asylum. And uh, they're, they're all fighting the Black Mask. And ultimately, Poison Ivy uses a big pitcher plant, which looks like a Venus flytrap, to, um, to eat the Black Mask. And it'll just keep on digesting him, so every time he regenerates, it's just going to keep digesting him. And that's the issue. You know what was weird? I thought this was weird, and, like, three different people came up to me online and said, like, hey, wasn't it weird when this happened? Towards the beginning, where Black Mask sees Selina in Black Lantern Vision, she's got, like, the will and the fear and the and the rage. Right. Her whip is showing up as being filled with fear and rage and <laughs> and will. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I've been assuming that people's clothes show up like that because, you know, they're inside them, so you're kind of seeing it through that and everything, but, I don't know. Yeah. Like if you're if you're driving your car and you're feeling hope, they shouldn't see a big bright blue car. Unless you drive a blue car, but <laughs> So so this issue is uh written by Tony Bedard and drawn by Fabrizio Fiorentino and Ibrahim Robertson and Marcos Mars and Luciano Del Negro. Wait, did they all write this? No, they all drew it. Oh, okay. Yeah, four artists. <sighs> I don't think the art really hurt it that much. Um. Yeah, no. You know what? Like, I think... I, I have no idea who did what. All mm. I know is that I, I can tell that there's differences. The third page in, like, um... Yes. 
you know, and where the, the, the fight that's happening on the rooftop, I, I love that art. That art is gorgeous to me. And then after Black Mask, like, basically runs off because apparently willpower is not a good enough emotion to eat, which, that doesn't make any sense to me. Black Lanterns are, like, they're killing Green Lanterns left and right on Oa, eating their hearts filled with willpower. Because they want them dead, and they're going to eat, you know, their hearts filled with willpower. Because willpower is an emotion. Now, she's bright green, filled with willpower, and he's, and like, the whole point is like, it's like, no, I'm not going to eat you now. I'm going to go do something really weird and crazy, so that way I'll make you feel the emotion that I want to eat. Yeah. Well, willpower isn't an emotion, remember? Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it's in the emotional spectrum. Yeah, it's it's the it's the neutral part of the it's the part that doesn't have emotion in it. It's the balance, but yet it's still well, it'll sustain a black lantern. Yeah, like like if that's the thing, like like I, it's not an emotion, but they can still consume it. Like if they didn't have. Like, if they didn't do that whole scene where, like, the Black Lanterns were trying to eat the central battery on Oa, I would have been on board with this. Because, like, okay, well, they they don't eat willpower, why not? Because I even said that at one point, I think, on the show. Like, I don't think they can eat willpower, because willpower is not an emotion. <laughs> oh, no. No, they can like, eat it. Like, the way, the way I understand the emotional spectrum is, like, you have the center, which is, like, like zero emotion... And as you move further out from the center, you get more and more and more emotion until you get to either end, and it's just, like, insane amount of emotion. Well, willpower is... It's balanced emotion. It's not that there's no emotion, it's just that the emotion is completely balanced. But it, it is still an emotion. I think it's just a drive. But, like, the way that they write it, they write it that it is, you know, it. It's not like you know, oh, I'm feeling such willpower for you, but like it's it's categorized under the heading emotion. Eh. It's semantics. Nah, nah, nah. Like, it's not an emotion. I I would you know like I would be on board with this too if you know if they hadn't been like eating all the Green Lantern's hearts on Oa. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you know, you you should definitely, you know, the the Black Lanterns were, were Black Lanterns were saying, it's like, yes, you should be filled with willpower. Don't be afraid or whatever. It's like, I'll just eat that too. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So so he doesn't want to eat that, and you know, he goes off. Now, the thing that I think really just like I thought was bizarre was how Harley and Poison Ivy just happen to be, like, standing around in the street. <laughs> They're literally standing in the middle of the street, not doing a damn thing. Yeah, and why is that car in, like, like a fifth-story window? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They just happen to be in the exact right spot to be able to see the flare. Yeah, like, like I assume that building just to the left of the flare is where Catwoman is. <laughs> Like, what what struck me as weird is that, I mean, okay, 
I get, like, Harley and Ivy, they've been palling around for a while. They would probably, like, not hesitate to help each other. But it's... I feel like... And, and I, should pre- I should say, I really haven't read much of anything that's had, like... That's, like, spotlit these characters. So maybe it is this way, but I don't know. But it just seemed really weird to me that that they're this they're so i guess tightly knit together that at the drop of a hat they'll lay down their lives for each other like it i always i always thought that it would be a, it was a kind of thing like like we'll help you like i help you cuz you help me and we're in a city against batman so we should watch out for each other but like if it came right down to it like no way i'm going to die for you yeah, I have no idea. I assume that it's probably something from, like, was it Gotham City Sirens or whatever that book, that series is? Yeah. Seems it's so weird to me. I don't know. Hmm. Something I really did like, I guess it's an art thing, but, like, the orderly and the nun are escorting Selena's sister? Okay. sister, right? Yeah. When they were, they were escorting Maggie like, away from her room, and the wall just kind of fades into being, like, this brick wall, and then it starts manifesting chains, like, like, they're, they begin to walk down, like, a construct hallway that's, right. like, that's identical to the the place where, you know, her and her fiance, her uh, husband were tortured. Yeah. And, like, that was awesome. Like, I really loved, that was really, like, effective, moody, like, it was just done really well. You know, the art in some of the, like, you know, okay. That that scene where Harley and Poison Ivy are just standing around, that's like a really awkward looking panel. Yeah. It's like, just pick random poses to put them in. You know, it's just like, why would they be standing like that? It's just, it's really weird. But aside from that, you know, and maybe like a, a couple awkwardnesses here and there, like, if you took these art styles individually, they would probably, you know, each make their own really good comic. But, like, the the way that they just kind of, like, you know, alternate through, you know, okay, now it's this art style, now it's that art style. It's just, it's just, you know, it, it takes you out of it, I think. Yeah. What do you think about uh, the way they dealt with Black Mask? I like that a lot. That that I thought was actually really smart. Yeah, that was clever. It's like put him in something that's just going. He's just gonna keep regenerating. Well, he's gonna be continuously digested forever then. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go planted in Slaughter Swamp, which yes. goes back to the Grundy story. All of these issues are connected somehow. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was wondering if there might actually be some kind of Slaughter Swamp connection later on. Considering that Slaughter Swamp keeps bringing back Grundy, hmm. if this uh, if this plant ends up like dying or something, could the uh, the swamp bring back Black Mask? Do you think the fact that there's a Black Lantern entombed in a swamp outside Gotham City is ever 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 going to come up again? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're lying. I thought it was odd that like when Black Mask is fighting Poison Ivy and Harley outside the, you know, psychiatric place, 
He basically just yanks on the weeds and pulls down the wall on top of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't wow. seem like he should be able to do that. No. Nah. I don't know. And apparently Selena's sister is now going to be some psycho killer that dresses like a nun. Yeah. Yeah, I... I... Yeah, no, aside from thinking that the plant digesting him is very clever, this issue really didn't do much for me. I like the the fact that the whole, you know, the meat of the conflict took place inside a giant construct, essentially. But, you know. I, I really like the art and that rooftop battle scene. Whoever did that, I... I... <laughs> Gorgeous. Love that art. That's that's beautiful. And the cover is great. Yeah, good. I do like that the memory recap download thingy had a different art style. I thought that was appropriate. Yeah, yeah, that that wasn't a bad four artists. All right, so Suicide Squad now. Yes. All right, Suicide Squad number sixty-seven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. All right. This issue kind of follows the Fiddler. He was a a really old school DC villain back when you know <laughs> Flash of Two Worlds stories were still going on, where you know Barry <laughs> Allen would pop over and help Jay Garrick. You know, go listen to Tom versus the Flash; it's a great show. And, you know, he comes back out of the Justice League's corpse freezer or whatever. They re- they really have to rethink this in the future. Keep where they keep their dead. So he comes back, and you think, okay, he's going to go after, you know, the Suicide Squad, whose name is on the cover. And then then we flash to... Is that? Yeah, that is the Suicide Squad. We flash to the Suicide Squad going on, like, a mission. And, and their whole deal, these are, these are supervillains who are on death row that Amanda Waller, she's a big, fat government lady, said, <laughs> you know what? You're gonna, you join this team, you do X number of missions, and if you live, you get a pardon. That's, that's essentially what their deal is. And, you know, they're officially called Task Force X, but they're kind of known as the Suicide Squad because, you know, odds are you're not gonna live to see that pardon or whatever. Okay. So they're on a mission, their new gunman screws it up, and they realize, you know, it would sure would be cool if we had Deadshot, because He's like the best gun-based assassin supervillain with a crappy costume we've ever seen. So like, you know what? We're going to get Deadshot. Problem is, Deadshot is part of the Secret Six now. The Secret Six is kind of like the Suicide Squad, except they're not related to the government and they're probably not going to be murdered for failing. So what Amanda Waller does is she sets up this whole bogus mission for the Secret Six, because they're, they're essentially guns for hire. They're supposed to bust this drug lord out of prison, but when they show up to the prison, there's no drug lord. There's the there's a suicide squad waiting for them, because they want to take Deadshot back to run this mission for them. And the two teams fight, and it's kind of one-sided with the Secret Six being, you know, just all around trampled on. And, you know, you're, you're wondering, what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen... And then we cut the outside, and we see the Fiddler again. He's just kind of looking at the building where all the action is happening. 
more black rings fly out, resurrect a whole bunch of people who I have no idea who they are. And then the issue is over, as this is only part one of the story, this one shot. Yeah. You go first. Okay. I didn't have a problem with the art. The one thing I really liked was that in the background of Amanda Waller's place, there's a Manhunter robot. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest of this issue, I hated it. I hated it. Literally, like, it's not a bad comic in that, oh, this doesn't make any sense, and they're just doing things for the sake of doing things. I don't don't really think it's like that. I think it's more along the lines of they came up with a comic that is geared completely towards somebody that isn't me, and I have, like, it's almost, like, set up for me to not have any interest in this whatsoever. This was, like, I was I was so not interested in this comic. I was, I was actually talking to Jason earlier, and our program director, and I said to him, now, there have been times where, you know, I've, I've worked... You know, it's it's been a long day. I've worked. You know, I'm really tired, but, you know, there's a brand new comic that I really wanted to read. So I'm kind of like, you know, flipping through, trying to read it. And, you know, I'm I'm fighting off, you know, falling asleep. But typically speaking, when I read a comic, I don't fall asleep. Oh. And this one, like halfway through it, like I was struggling. I I was struggling because I I was, you know, I was I was definitely falling asleep during this one. This was so boring. This was so pointless. The entire issue is set up. The whole thing is set up. Oh, that's like... Like, this thing was... Like, this should have been the next issue of Secret Six. Yeah. Because, like... My deal, like, much like the Titans issues that we talked about last episode, which, you know, had the Teen Titans on the cover, but didn't use the Teen Titans at all. Like, I looked at the cover, I think, oh, Suicide Squad. Okay. This is going to be Black Lanterns fighting the Suicide Squad. And it ended up being like... It ended up reading more like a Secret Six story that happened to have the Suicide Squad in it hunting the Six. And we'll get to Black Lantern stuff later. You know, this this Fiddler guy, he started... They, like, they introduce him in the beginning, and then, like, that's it until the very end. I gotta think that's, like, his daughter or something with the the squad because there's yeah there's this this woman with a fiddle that you know shoots fiddle music at ragdoll <laughs> it's right on the page where the where Catman is fighting the guy with the tiger face yeah yeah right not that we would know because they don't actually name her at all yeah yeah this this comic is like if you didn't read Suicide Squad, I can't imagine how you'd have any idea what's going on. Yeah, and that's and apparently they're like, I I I mean I I guess she'll rise in part two, but they even killed off one of the members, so it's like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that was the other thing when, like, she's going on a mission, and her job is to like take this one guy out, and like. She's firing, like, she's firing bolts. Like, apparently she has the ability to never miss. 
Yeah, that's a stupid power, by the way. Yeah, really. Yeah, seriously. Like, I was born with the gift of all my family's female children. Infallible aim with any kind of any gun. Like, like that's your power? Like, if you don't have a gun, you're completely useless? Like, at least, if, if you're going to do that, at least be like Bullseye or something where, like, you could throw a rock at somebody and hit them square between the eyes from a thousand feet away or something. Don't t- tie it to a specific piece of machinery. Yeah, or, like, how about other weaponry? Like, you have impeccable aim with all sorts of weaponry. But no, like, if this woman picked up a bow and arrow, she'd be completely useless. If she picked up a slingshot, completely, completely useless. But give her a gun and she'll never miss. So, she's got a gun and she never misses, but apparently there's a a couple of bodyguards and she just kind of, like, stops shooting and, and decides to run away. I mean, like, what's what's going on there? Yeah, she says there's too many guards. There's three. <laughs> and the guy, and the way she said, like, all right, she's running up a staircase, and the guy she's after is running away from the staircase down like this, this like overhang, that this completely open overhang. Yeah. From where she's standing on the staircase, if she extended her right arm out. She would be pointing her gun at him. And she never misses. <laughs> yeah. She never misses, so she would just squeeze the trigger once and then run home. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that was retarded. And uh is it weird? It was it was a little disturbing to me. Like this is the first thing I've seen what's his name? Flag? Is that the dude's name? Oh god. Um, oh. let me, I'm looking for it. The guy who's, who Deadshot shoots. Oh, no, no, forget him. I think, like, in the lab with Amanda Waller, I think that's King Faraday. Which, that's the first, because she calls him King. And right. this is, if so, this is the first time I've seen him sit outside of, like, DC New Frontier, which is, like, as polar opposite to this story as humanly possible. No, no, I think he's he's been in Checkmate. Oh, well, I haven't read it. No, I guess they put in this scene about Scandal going on a date with a girl for, I don't know, comedy relief or something? Well, the yeah, the whole, like, when I read that whole thing where, like, Bane is, like, playing, like, the role of the, the protective father figure, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. this, this is the part I'm supposed to be laughing at. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And and she says, I'm not ready to forgive you, Bane. Like, obviously that's supposed to have some sort of significance, but, you know, to whom? For what? Is it something that happened in Secret Six, or, or what? I think this is blatantly an issue geared towards people who are already reading Secret Six. Because I've never read Secret Six before, and this didn't really interest me enough to pursue it, which kind of sucks, because I'm pretty sure I ordered the issue of Secret Six that finishes this story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have that too. Um, what I did read was the Day of Vengeance miniseries and the first few story arcs of Shadow Pact that came after it. 
Okay. So I was su- I was surprised to see Black Alice and Nightshade are parts of these teams. Because last I saw them, they were kicking around with, like, Detective Chimp and Ragman just being awesome. So I'm like, what the hell happened here? <laughs> uh, I have the other issue, like, part two of this right here. I'm just uh, skimming through really quick. I'll probably show up at my house tomorrow. Yes, by the way, all of the good books that came out this month come to my home tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah. Lots of fighting. Doesn't seem to make much sense. Uh, yeah, that, that violin chick. Yeah. That, that's not, that's not his daughter. It's not related to her in any way. (laughs) No. Awesome. Oh. Oh. It does the the story doesn't even conclude in this issue. Are you serious? The conclusion is in the next issue. Oh, no way. No chance. They literally needed three issues to tell the Secret Six story. Oh god. Did I order issue three? <laughs> I hope oh my god. god. I hope not. <laughs> Uh, I have a feeling that Secret Six number 17 may be one of the only comics that I've ever bought with no intention to read. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't. I may read it for the show. I pay for the damn thing. I'm making you read it for the show. <laughs> oh, God. I will give them credit, though. The one art thing that bugged me was how, you know, on the page where Black Alice grows and then she she rips up the fence... Yeah. It bugged me that, like, the page before, she's standing there. And she's wearing, like, like her, whatever, her regular clothes. And then the panel where she grows, she's wearing a blatantly different outfit. And that bugged the hell out of me. But then I look, I googled Giganta. Because that's who's, pa- Black Alice has the power to, to mimic anybody's magic powers. So I checked out, like, what does Giganta's uniform actually look like? And... She's kind of wearing a Black Alice version of Giganta's current costume. So, what I thought was, like, an artistic mistake was just, like, okay, I guess she she takes on, like, the appearance of the person, kind of, too. So, that's alright. So, Giganta's powers are magic-based? I guess. I don't know. Yes. Yes, they are. Why wouldn't they be? Shut up. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think, was there anything else? Oh, there was one... I don't know, I guess funny. I like this one panel where, like, after she rips up the fence, the guards inside, like, watching the monitors are like... The one guy storms and he says, What the hell? What's off the perimeter guns? And the other guy's like, Um, yeah, well, I think... Uh, it's a... Giant goth chick, Lieutenant. <laughs> that was kind of <laughs> funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm going to say? What? Blackest Night Suicide Squad. Only read this comic if you're looking for a reason to commit suicide. Oh, see what you did there? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you are, seriously, if you're reading Secret Six, you you might like this. I think it's even the same writer. Is this Gail Simone? Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, 
uh, like once again, like this was this was like the the packaging was misleading. So I don't know. If you if you read Secret Six, read it. Maybe you'll like it. Otherwise, you're probably not going to get anything out of it. This issue, I I think this actually like is draining me of emotions. It was just so bad, like. We need to stop talking about it so that I can no longer be a lifeless husk. Okay. Uh, so now that we're done, what do you think was the best of the stack? Like, do you think it was, was it Superman Batman for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, hands down. Hands down. Like, not even a contest. Hmm. Because the two I was looking forward to the most were tr- were Shazam and Catwoman. Yeah. Because I'm like, I have like I'm interest I like I have a vested interest in both of these char- sets of characters. Right. But that I I would say they both <laughs> disappointed me equally. Yeah. Kind of thing. Suicide Squad was probably the worst. Definitely. And I would put I would probably put Weird Western Tales up. Above Superman, Batman, not by a lot, but yeah, at least Weird Western Tales got it done in one issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely give Weird Western Tales like you know credit over the other three one-shot resurrected titles. It wasn't it wasn't a great comic, but it was it was a story. It was a solid story. You could just you go into it. You don't really need to know a lot about the people but you're not going to get, like, a really big vested interest in the characters, so it's not great, but it does the job. Suicide Squad, you go in not knowing anything about anybody. They don't really help you out with that. The one person that they actually give you some background on is this fiddler, who you don't even see until the last panel. Yeah, I mean, mean, you can infer that Scandal and Bane have some kind of close relationship and whatever, but, you know... Yeah, I know. There's there's not really much you can take from it. The uh, the Catwoman series, I think I kind of got the feeling that like there were some ta- sometimes where they'd say something, they bring it up just for the sake of you know emphasizing its importance. Like two panels later, you know, like oh, I really regret you know you know him being the one person that I ever killed, you know, and then they they make reference to it like within another page or so. You know, and they did that, like, once or twice in there. Or how, like, they talked about how how her brother-in-law was tortured just so they could do the exact same thing at the end, which... Right. I, I'm almost... I don't know, I almost want to give more leeway to it because when I read that, like, I had no clue that happened. And the fact that, that ha- they really did that was, like... I was like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. He tortured him to death and then made her eat his eyeballs. That is, oh my god. Yeah. I would place it Weird Western Tales um, as the best of the of these resurrected. Then Catwoman. Then Shazam, you know, if only for the art. And then Suicide Squad is dead last, as in it was horrible. Yeah. I'd, I'd be pretty close. I, for me, it's like Weird Western Tales, then Superman, Batman. At the bottom is Suicide Squad, and Catwoman and Shazam together are just kind of hovering up and down 
<laughs> between a like 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 I can't settle them be solidly above or below Superman Batman. <laughs> like every time I think of like like oh this was this was better than this well but then this had this and that had that but then this was then you know it just goes back and forth so mm. what I will say is that if if anybody out there is like listening is like oh wow these resurrected titles are horrible I'm not going to get any of them now well I would say and I'm not going to, you know, obviously not going to give any spoilers away, but the Hawkman and Adam one-shot, you know, that Resurrected series, that one's actually really, really good. That one is definitely worth picking up. Yeah, we have, like, another, the other half of the Resurrected series to get through, and I'm hoping it goes up. I'm hoping it goes up. <laughs> well, the Hawkman and Adam was very good. Yeah, actually, that was, that was, like, Hands down, the best out of all of these resurrected titles. Wasn't that a John's issue? <laughs> yeah, written by Jeff Johns. Hmm. There's an issue of uh, the Phantom Stranger and yeah, Phantom Stranger and Starman. Hmm. Will I hate them? Don't tell me anything about them. Just will I hate them? <laughs> Starman, I didn't read yet, and Phantom Stranger. I skimmed through, and it didn't seem too bad. I, I, I'm interested in reading that one. I think it's going to be a lot of setup, but I think it's going to be more entertaining than the other Resurrected titles. Like, I, I don't mm. think that you'll need... I, the way that it's looking like, you don't need to buy any of these. The Hawkman Adam one is, is the most interesting out of all of them, but I don't think you need any of these. Yeah. Um, we should mention... The uh the question issue got pushed back to like the first or second week in February for some reason. <laughs> by the, actually by the time you're listening to this, you can probably go out and buy it. I forgot about that one. Well, actually not. That's actually one I'm looking forward to because it's it's Greg Rucka getting to write. Oh. You know, Vic Sage and Renee Montoya interacting like this. So I'm like, okay, that's going to be... That should... By all rights and purposes, that should be awesome. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, the question number 37, it comes out February 3rd. I definitely have a lot more confidence in Greg Rucka than I do, let's see, Gail Simone, or... Dan Didio. <laughs> Tony Bedard, or... Uh, who's this? Eric Wallace. Dan Didio. Yeah, I don't know. Let's take a break. Okay. Yeah. Behold, the Green Lantern Power Battery. May I suggest that our newest member lead us in the Green Lantern's Oath? Yeah, come again? The Oath. Every member of the Corps knows the Oath. Yeah, um, uh, in blackest day or brightest night, is watermelon, cantaloupe, yada yada, a superstitious and cowardly lot, with liberty and justice for all. Then again, maybe I should lead us. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might... 
Beware of power. Green Lantern's light. Yay, team! Okay, everybody, and we're back. Hey, Jim. Yes. Are they doing more Black Knight rings? Well, why don't you tell me, Dan? Cool. Oh, no, no, you, I insist you go first. Okay, so the new Brightest Day banner, which is going to be smeared over tons and tons of comics coming very, very soon, just as just as soon as Blackest Night is over, they're, they're going to be doing a new promotion. It's going to be for, was it Brightest Day number one and Flash number one? It is, let's see. Well, it's definitely one of them is definitely Flash number one because you know it's gonna be uh well tell them what that ring is I'm gonna look for the issue. Well, you're looking for what the other ring comes with. If you buy Flash number one, the you know relaunched Flash series with the brightest day banner on it, you know right right, right across the top, you will get well actually yeah we don't know if you will actually get this because your store has to be participating in the program. But if they are participating in the program, you will get a brand new Flash ring. Which looks awesome, by the way. Yes, it's two-tone, gold and white. Yeah, they got the, like, the nice white background inside the circle, which really makes me wish they would have done that with some of, with uh, the other rings. Because like, it adds so much to it, you know? And actually, the the issue that the Green Lantern ring comes with is Green Lantern 53. Oh. That's odd. Yes. Which, and it looks like, I don't know if that's just the issue that comes out the same time as Flash 1, but it looks to be the same ring that we got with, um, with the Blackest Night 5 when the promotion started up. Yes. Although, you have your own thoughts about that. Yes. Well, two two pieces of information for this this promotion. This time around, the uh, retailers only need to order ten copies in order to be able to or also order the rings, which is a far cry from what it was. You used to have to order like fifty issues of uh, Blackest Night number five in order to get the rings. So this like way, twenty five for some other. Yeah. So they're, they're definitely making it a lot easier to get the rings in the hands of more fans. And, like, yeah, one thing that I'm kind of wondering if we won't say is, instead of actually giving out Green Lantern rings, I'm wondering if instead they will do the old switcheroo and instead send people the white rings instead, like a brand new white ring. I'm still very curious if they're going to go the White Lantern route or just have that symbol be not a particular hero's symbol kind of thing. I don't know. We shall see. Is it weird to you that we still don't know what the hell Brightest Day is going to be? Like, that miniseries, like, what it's going to be about? Because we don't, like, we don't know anything right now. (laughs) Which, you know... Which, you know, is it's probably a good thing, because Blackest Night isn't over yet, but... Yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to be okay with that, because of the fact that I still don't know how the, how the you know, Blackest Night ends. I don't really want to know how Blackest Night ends, 
I mean, I already know that I'm going to be ordering Brightest Day. That's that's pretty much a given for gotcha. me. So, yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> they they you know, it could be it could really be about anything, and if it's Green Lantern related, then I'm going to be ordering it. So, it could be about Deathstroke and his team of Titans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now it will. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest. I, I will be honest. Like something that I have to confess to. I went into the comic book store yesterday. Okay. And I actually picked up an issue of Teen Titans. Really? Which one? It it has uh it's the newest issue out. It has static on the cover. I, I know more so from the cartoon Static Shock. Yeah, me too. I was pretty interested in the character and I did like the story for the last two Teen Titans issues that we read. So uh yeah, I got it. I haven't read it yet, but was it the same writer? I I don't oh. I don't know I don't think so I don't know though, but I'll I'll check it out. I was almost that was one of those where I had it on my list, and then when I went to check out, I was looking over. I'm like, okay, I have to cut something, right? So I just like unchecked it. But I mean, I like the Stack Shock cartoon too, mm-hmm. and I and when when they finally brought him into the DC universe proper I was really interested in that I'm like okay that, that's cool I want to see what they would do with this character and what stinks is um I think Johns has said before like from the beginning he's wanted like when he was writing Teen Titans he he wanted from the beginning to be able to put static on that team but they just they wouldn't give the character to him and now all of a sudden Static is integrated into the DC Universe and on the Teen Titans again. Yeah. Or, well, for the first time. I managed to, uh, like, since last we spoke, I tracked down some other Brave and the Bold issues. Right. I got the the, the other two uh, by uh, JMS and uh, Jesus Says, yeah. which is like the Batman Brother Power and Batman uh, Dial H for Hero. Mm-hmm which I bought entirely for the creative team. I have no interest in any of these characters. <laughs> but I also got, like, this uh, static Black Lightning team-up issue, which it was written by someone I'd never heard of, so don't ask me who it is. But I'm like, you know what? This will be cool. Like, I'd like to see, like, this character in the DC Universe interacting with, uh, with like, people who have been in the DC Universe. I f- like, that would just be interesting to me. Not enough to get me to buy Teen Titans, but... okay so the other piece of news that we have did you want to do this one dan uh i forget what it is (laughs) okay um yeah so david (laughs) finch david finch he was a you know big artist over at marvel he has signed an exclusive deal now with dc he will be doing the covers on the brightest day series that's going to be coming out so look for that yeah now what what books did he work on at marvel off the top of my head i'm not entirely sure but i know he did a lot of x-men stuff i think he did the uh the whole deadly genesis miniseries oh okay i like that Okay, yeah. that should be good. Yeah, his art his art has a lot of lines. Like he has, he does like you know, there's a lot of lines going through everything. But I I, I like it. it. It seems very you know, 
It just works for me. I like it. Hmm. Yeah, so it'll be very interesting to see what he does. Like, <laughs> once again, it's like how... It's like, it's so weird with Brightest Day, we're, we're excited about things conceptually. It's like, like I am looking forward to reading Brightest Day, but people ask, I'm, I'm like, hey, guys, Brightest Day is coming. Everybody's like, oh, some Brightest Day is coming. And they're like, what's Brightest Day about? Like, what the hell is it? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just, I just know I want to read it. I have no idea. Don't ask me these stupid questions. Yeah. Yeah. We can't be bothered with the details. Just, you know, give us the high concept. Just come over here, take my money, and I'll be happy about Brightest Day. <laughs> uh, this better not be awful. <laughs> uh, we have an email. Yes. Okay, so an email from Hodari Ruben Clark. Hodari writes, Hello, enjoy your podcast. I'm thinking of getting myself a Green Lantern ring to wear but I wanted to be sure of what the symbol represented before I wear it. I know that some superheroes have, like Superman, have other occultish, not in the bad way, but hidden meanings. I have been checking into Green Lantern, but I haven't been able to find any info on the significance or history of Green Lantern. Johns has said that the Blackest Night story has vast spiritual significance, so I was wondering if you had any information on that. Thanks in advance. Keep up the good work. Well, the part about the story having spiritual significance, I think, is more along the lines of the fact that, you know, this whole thing is like, it's Jeff Johns giving his final word on death in comics, which, you know, for him, is it has to be at least partially motivated by the death of his sister years ago, which... You know, she died in a... I, th- I forget if the plane crashed, but there was... Like, she died on a plane, and, you know, he, she was his inspiration for creating uh, the Courtney Whitmore Stargirl that's still over in JSA. So, I think in that respect, there's a spiritual aspect to it, because it's like, he's approaching and maybe even making peace with the relationship of life and death. I don't think it's supposed to be mean, like... Like, there's some spiritual significance to Green Lantern itself. Although you could make the argument for, for the Blue Lantern, since they are all, they're all based on kind of different cultural religious figures, especially Warth, who is, uh, he, he's basically a, a sci-fi version of, uh, what is it, Ganesh, the, the Hindu, yes, Hindu, uh, Deity, idol, I forget the right, the correct word. Yeah, I'm going to say that as far as I can see, the spiritual references are more so about the characterizations of the characters. And in so much as, like you said, the Blue Lanterns are like, you know, saints, like the universe is saints. Compassion is is very much like, almost like a, like a, like a monastery of monks, you know, that help people. <laughs> you know, with with fear, you know there are, there have been many religions that you know rule by fear. You have you know willpower, where you know they want you to just you know expel all emotion and dedicate yourself just to willpower. There there are definitely a lot of spir- spiritual overtones, you know, in the different cores. Even the characters, you know, characters die, characters come back. 
And if you look at, look at like, I mean, it, it's very easy to look at Atrocitus and see like a devil-like figure and, oh god, what's this planet called? Yasmalt? Mm-hmm. See, no, no. Where, wait, where's the Red Lantern battery? Yasmalt. Is on Yasmalt? It's on Yasmalt, yeah, I forgot. And, like, Yasmalt is, like, hell. And you could look at Larflees and, like, like what's Larflees? He's, like, this big demonic thing that's all-consuming who's, like, huddled away in, like, this deep, dark pit that he's formed for himself. And he's surrounded by, like, demons and souls of the damned, technically, so... Like once, like you could look at him and his whole setup as another like devil and hell kind of, kind of deal. But as far as the symbol itself, I haven't actually ever seen anything like, you know, that would uh, give a secondary significance to the Green Lantern symbol, you know, other than what the symbol itself means in Green Lantern mythos. And to me, that's always meant like, it's meant willpower. It's meant imagination. Pretty positive things, overcoming fear. Yeah. Because, I mean, the the symbol itself is, like, a really minimalistic, simplified interpretation of a lantern. Because, I mean, it's... The circle is where the part where the light is. The bottom bracket is the base it stands on. The top bracket is, like, the little... I always want to call it the little hat, because it's the part <laughs> where, like... It keeps the, it keeps the light from going into your eyes when you're carrying the lantern around. Like that's what the handle would hook onto. And it was just like an an evolution of a drawing of a lantern because that's what Hal symbol used to be. Mm-hmm. Like they just made it more logo esque and more stylized. So even that, like it's it's not really taken from anything else. It's just they wanted something more iconic, more unique, and like streamlined. So they just, like, did, like, they almost did a caricature of a picture of a lantern. Yes. So, thank you. What's funny is, I think I I may have said this on the show before, maybe even back in our first episode or something, but when I was in high school, I was wearing a Green Lantern shirt around, like, at school. And it was either, it was either, like, the regular one, that's, you know, all green, it just has this, the symbol in on the chest, or it's, like, a black one that has, like, a big green, black symbol all over it, like, and it has, like, the green fire around it, you know, one of the two. And on more than one occasion, someone stopped me in the hall and asked me if that was a sign for Satan. Wait, what? To this day, I don't know where they got that impression. <laughs> no, I don't know where they got the impression. But they asked me if that was that symbol had to do with the devil, so <laughs> I don't know. Huh. That's that's odd. Yeah, I wouldn't let that put you off getting the ring though, because that was the one. That was the only time I had an experience with that. <laughs> it's never happened since. Yeah. And I gotta think it would have happened more often if there was anything to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Green Lantern symbol is a good one, and Green Lantern rings. Those are definitely fun to wear. So, I, I I would say go for it. Makes me wonder why other superhero symbols do have ties to that kind of stuff. Hey, forum people, find out and tell us. <laughs> yeah, because we're not going to check at all. <laughs> well, 
We're very. We read this stack of books for you. Now you do. <laughs> we read these so you don't have to. Uh, uh, yeah. So thank you, Hodari, for the email, and you know everybody yeah. else. If you have a you know a really great email that we can read on the air, then send it in, and uh, you know we will give you credit. So yeah, that that means you, Jacob, on our forums. You know, oh, you send in emails to enter contests, but you know maybe if you sent in uh, a couple other emails, we'd mention you more on the show. So remember that, Jacob. Wow, that was like two shoutouts. <laughs> we have a contest going on, Dan. Oh hey, oh yeah, that, yeah that we are giving away. Well, we yeah yeah yeah, yeah we we are giving away a Green Lantern ring. Speaking of. You know, him wanting to get a ring. Mm-hmm. The fine folks at Aroba Silver have decided to, you know, they have graciously let us offer up one of their rings as a prize for our, you know, super awesome February contest. <laughs> which, you know, as as this airs, this is the... Is this going to air on the first? Yeah, this is the first of the month. So you'll have until the 13th to get your entry in. And what you have to do is you have to t- you send us an email or a voicemail relating to us an instance in your life where you have really embraced or displayed one of the emotions in the spectrum. You know, is there a time when greed just got the best of you? Is there a time where, like, you were so down that you got by just on hope? Or where you could barely bring yourself to do something and you finally you had enough willpower to get it done or whatever just make sure it's nothing overly graphic make sure it's something that we can actually relate on the show because the ones we like the most especially the winning ones we would like to read or or uh, play and there will be one winner that winner will get their choice of aroba silver rings this could be Green Lantern related. It could be other stuff related. They have some cool other stuff, but you know, Green Lantern related. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's it's a really. I mean, honestly, this is a really awesome prize. Yes. Like these these things, these things tend to be like in the in the fifty sixty dollar range. Mm-hmm. Normally, so you know you have the opportunity to get one for absolutely free. Is it? Well, is there going to be shipping on this? Now that I say that, they're not going to have to worry about it. Okay. So yeah, just just send us an email. You have like again, this is the first of the month. You have like 13 days to jump on this. We've already gotten a bunch of submissions, and it's by no means too late. So send us an email at lanterncast at gmail dot com. Or our voicemail number, which I just closed it. <laughs> our voicemail number is 206-600-7357. Yep, so hurry up. Dredge up those demons, people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, we, we've, got, we've gotten a few entries so far, and like everything we're getting is, is really good. So it's, it's going to be definitely difficult to finally pick a winner, but but it's going to be a fun challenge. Yes. <sighs> I feel good that we got through all of that. <laughs> yeah, we have, let's see, 
just one last thing to talk about. Before we talk about that, I want to give a shout-out to uh, a member of the Red Lantern Corps, Christian Grice. Oh, any relation to, uh, Jason? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I kind of thought you were going to jump in there. (laughs) (laughs) I I was wondering if you, like, forgot his name and (laughs) any relation to, um... Oh, God, what's his name? To a tall guy, you know. Yes, it would be his son. God. So. Yes. Hey, Christian. Hi, Christian. How's it going? That's his name. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah, he's really young, too, isn't he? Uh, he's pretty young. Now that we got that done. <laughs> God. Yes. There's, like, no chemistry tonight whatsoever. Oh. <laughs> it's it's this stack of books. Uh, we, we, we have to blame the yeah. stack of books. This was not a good stack. Can we blame this stack of books for future problems? I don't see why not. <laughs> if I just keep them in my room where I can see them, will that be will that be cool? Like like they're infecting my aura or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, probably a good idea to get rid of them if that's what's gonna happen. Oh God, can you imagine that? <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh God. Okay. Oh hey. Yeah. This, this this just popped into my head. I just wanted to get your take on it. Okay. Like, what do you think? What what do you think of the iPad? Oh, I think it's really neat, but like space wise, like it, the base model is what is it, sixteen gigabytes? I just know there's like a really little amount of memory in it. Yeah, yeah, sixteen gigabytes. Like, I could use that up like without even thinking about it. And, you know, if the thing is supposed to be made to store movies and play movies and play music and all this other stuff, 16, 16 gigabytes, like, seriously, like, I can fill up 16 gigabytes with movies. Like, that's, like, 16 movies, you know? It's slightly more than 16 movies. Maybe you could fit 25 if you're mm-hmm. lucky. And then you're completely full. And nobody's going to be using it to be, you know just playing movies because you're going to be buying, you know, uh, apps for it. So, you know, the only one that's really workable is the 64 gigabyte, which is the biggest size that they have. And even that's not a lot, 64 gigabytes. You know, when they start making these things with 100 gigabytes or 200 gigabytes and give them flash support, this thing is going to, you know, change the way that everybody does computing, I think. Oh, yeah, and, like, I think it's cool and everything, and I think, I like, to me, it's, like, it's really, like, a transitional piece of hardware. It's, like, or it's like the, the iPhone was, like, this, like, revolutionary thing, largely due to the fact that, yeah, it can do all this stuff, but it's also, like, you can put it in your pocket. This, it's, like, it's, like, it's taken all the cool stuff about the iPhone and kind of reduced the coolness and usefulness by making it as big <laughs> as a magazine. So, And, like, I said on, on the forum and on Facebook and whatever, I feel like, like, the second or third generation of this is going to be amazing. Because by then they'll have worked out everything and they'll it'll have all the memory and whatever, but it's, it's like... Cause the reason I brought this up is because, like, this... As we record this, the news came out yesterday, and all day at work... All I've heard people talk about is the iPad this, iPad that. Is it good? Is it bad? 
And and I came to the conclusion that like like this it's it's a it's a step in the right direction, but it's like it's 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 kind of pointed j- just generally in the right direction. Like like once they start once they start changing things and like focusing it more, then it'll be cuz I mean cuz as it is, it's like a big iPod touch basically. Even even like ten years or however long Apple has developed it to the point that like okay we're we're pretty much phasing out laptop and desktop computers and just use your iPad now like I could see them doing that I have no idea if the time frame is realistic whatever but like as it is it's like it's like okay I'm glad they did it I feel I feel the same way <laughs> I feel much the same way about this as I do about like people trying to figure out how to kill black lanterns through technology i'm glad they did it <laughs> but i but it's not <laughs> it's not really that old. <laughs> oh honestly the best thing to me about it is the fact that the screen size is basically the size of a comic page <laughs> like like i think it's a little smaller i don't know what the dimensions are but like my big thing is like I want I'll be more willing to try reading comics digitally if I don't have to zoom and scroll at all cuz that just destroys the reading yeah. experience for me. So if they come out with some kind of reader where the whole thing is like okay, there's the entire page at 100% fits the screen perfectly and I want to turn the page, I tap it and it turns the page and there's the whole next page at 100% perfectly. That would be good to me. That would be ideal. Like, I don't want any of this turn it sideways and see the pages zoomed out and you zoom in one panel at a time kind of crap. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have no interest in that. So the people the people at your job, they're like, iPad this and iPad that? It, it's, it's one of those how, like, like, you know how you'll, like, at the beginning of the day, two people will be having a conversation... And then the more people walk by them, the more get involved in the conversation. And then, like, the conver- it kind of, like, breaks off. But then throughout the day, more different people, con- like, cross paths with certain people. And then it gets reignited again, and now there's more people involved. And, it, like, by, by the time it's past lunch, everyone is talking about it. It, 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 it was that kind of thing. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were referring to, like, some sort of Smurf culture was starting to pop up, and they were using iPad instead of regular words. I can see how you would think that. You know, iPad this, iPad that. My God. <laughs> it's a long way to go for a joke, but I'll go the distance. It really, it really is. So go get an iPad. Super Show. <laughs> Super Show. Okay. we got to talk about Super Show. Super Show. We're going to be at Super Show. If you go... If you t- if you go to Super Show, you'll likely see someone walking around with an iPad. <laughs> there you go. Okay. If you go to comicgeekspeak.com, uh, right up at the uh, the top of the page, you have a bar of links, long bar that goes across the page. Click on the Super Show link. When you click on this Super Show link, is going to be you know you can buy tickets, you can see the guests that are going to be there, exhibitors, sponsors. Uh, they're going to have different events. Directions on how to get there, hotels that you can stay at. Uh, they have a forum completely dedicated to the Super Show. You, you got to check this out, folks. This, yeah, this is going to be a really fun convention, and 
we're going to be there. We're going to have our own table. We're going to have a lot of, like, fun stuff there. We're going to have a – we're going to be able to raffle off a Red Lantern power battery prop replica that I have yet to finish. <laughs> How's that coming, by the way? Have you have you touched it since December? Yes. Yeah, I've, I've made, made a little bit of progress with it. I, I finally got all the pieces that I need for it. You have a month. <laughs> Yes, let's see. So we have that. Or we two. have we have rings to give away. We have the, the plastic Green Lantern. Well, not Green Lantern, but other Lantern rings to give away. We have we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of stuff going. We're really just gonna have a lot of fun stuff, and a brand new announcement. There's going to be somebody else at the table with us. It's going to be me. It's going to be you, Dan, our program director, Jason. Yes. He's he's going to be there. And now, one more person. I'm going to be there, bitches. That's right. Come meet Lord <laughs> Ford in the flesh. That's all. <laughs> yes, my wife will be joining me. I didn't actually believe she would take your name. <laughs> just, just out of shame. <laughs> believe it. It's going to be a good time. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be rowdy. I'm going to be causing a ruckus. I'm going to be entertaining. You don't want to miss this opportunity. And, you know, you come and you get an autograph. <laughs> Lauren will autograph any baby you put in front of her. <laughs> I will be autographing refrigerator babies if you come. Refrigerator babies. Oh, God. <laughs> Am I going to have to follow you around with, like like, an air horn and just fire it off every time you start rattling off, like, a string of obscenities. <laughs> that would be awesome. It's colorful vocabulary, right? <laughs> you won't find it in Webster's. Oh, thank God. Yes, you have a, you have a veritable spectrum of vocabulary. <laughs> it's just like uh, your little lantern uh, rainbow of colors, okay? I have a rainbow of vocabulary yeah, and obscenities. Yes. Yes. If... <laughs> Oh man. We'll we'll tape off the area that that Lauren is in Adults so you only. any of you with small children. <laughs> there'll be a beaded curtain. It, you you can't miss yeah. it. Tickets will be sold. I got to make money somehow, right? <laughs> I'm not going to this for free, all right? That should be a raffle like the winner gets to just sit in a chair while Lauren like verbally abuses them for like 10 oh, minutes. God. That would be awesome, but you know what? I would never do that to my fans or the guests. They'd get to sit in the chair. <laughs> Best announcement ever. I yes. know. I know. You're it welcome. Is. It is. <laughs> Shall we close the episode? Sure. No, let's make Lauren close the episode. That's awesome. I want to close the episode. If you want to contact us, you can send us an email at lanterncast at gmail.com. Or you can email us individually at Jim, Jason, or Dan at Lantern at ah. LanternCast.com. Yeah, Jim, Jason, or Dan yep. at LanternCast.com. I'm keeping it in that first one. Definitely do. Or you can, you know, Facebook me because I'm awesome. You know, yeah. Facebook Lauren Dash Malika Ford. If you're friends with the LanternCast, you'll find me there. I'm awesome. All right, just do it. We have. Are you hyphenating your name? Yeah, because people have to find me, you know. Well, only on Facebook. Only on Facebook. I meant, like, in real life. In real life. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to Facebook Farmville. <laughs> listen, yes. let's put it this way. 
We've been married over a month, and I still haven't gotten to the DMV. But it's Ford in Albany, and that's all that matters. Yeah. God. <laughs> Our voicemail line is 206-600-7357. Twitter. We have Twitter. We, don't, we do not have Twitter. No, wait. Does Lauren have Twitter? No. I do have Twitter. I never check it, though, so don't even bother. Facebook! You can go to our website, lanterncast.com. That's got links to our forum or our Facebook. Our forum, you can also... Where the hell did I think we have Twitter? I don't know. Our forum is uh, vcomicforums.com, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Why do you not know that? Oh, my God. I just click on the links. I don't know the address. So do I. Come on. You can listen to us on iTunes. And leave us reviews, send us emails, give us feedback, be in our contest, send us entries. Come, yeah, they better be good entries. Come to Super Show, win prizes. <laughs> meet me! Meet her. Meet Lauren. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a wrap, Dan. We're out of here. Alright, good night, everybody. So long. Peace out, Boy Scout. I think the if 42 is the answer, I think the question is why the f- do we read these things? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I can't argue with that one. Okay. All right.